Check it out. Welcome to Top of the Class. Hear from education experts and get insights from high achievers to learn how you can do the same. Get into those top schools. Ready? Proudly presented by Crimson Education, the world's leader in university admission support. Hi, Rohan. Welcome to the College Tips Podcast. It's fantastic to have you on the show. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hey, Alex. Uh, good to be on. Hope all is well with uh, you as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I'm i from India. I had uh, the fortunate, uh, you know, the good chance of uh, going to the US to study for my undergrad. I went to uh, Penn, uh, where I specifically studied uh, at the Wharton School, which is the business school there. Uh, many years ago, so I graduated in 2006, worked in New York for a couple of years uh, in uh, at J.P. Morgan. I think two of uh, probably some of the best years of my life, uh, you know, worked hard, played hard, made a lot of good friends, learned a lot as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, given the visa situation in the U.S., had to come back to, uh, uh, to India. Since coming back, I've uh, done a few things in terms of work, worked with the family, worked on my own as well. Uh, but one thing that's sort of been consistent is been my uh, association with Penn. So, you know, I helped start the alumni associations for both Penn and Wharton in uh, Delhi and North India. As co-chair of uh, the alumni interview committee, which is responsible for interviewing all undergrad students from a certain region. And uh, yeah, it's been a good experience so far. And just now trying to sort of uh, do my good deeds and, you know, help students who are interested in going abroad uh, with my experience and my expertise. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, Penn has a fantastic reputation for alumni, particularly in the business side of things. But what exactly are we chatting about today? There's a topic near and dear to your heart that you would like to share with students? You know, uh, when we uh, started discussing this podcast, I was thinking what might be interesting, what might be slightly new, slightly innovative. What if I put the students, you know, myself in the student's shoe uh, who's applying now and you know, would I sort of apply to Wharton again? Because so much has changed, you know, it's been close to 15 years now since I graduated. And so much has changed since then. And a lot has also not changed. Well, I'm going to guess there's a short and long answer to would I go to Wharton again? And I think we should go with the long version and explain it out a little bit more. Uh, in your view, what has changed in 15 years in the world of business and entrepreneurship? Because obviously, the internet has come along in leaps and bounds in that time. And I think there's a lot of people out there selling short courses, a variety in different ways and all these kinds of things. So for you, what do you think has changed, in your opinion, something like Wharton over the 15-year period? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a few things uh, uh, have definitely changed. If I need to sort of bucket them, I'd sort of bucket them into three different categories. I'd say, you know, the student population that uh, that they're attracting, what they're looking for in students. Just to be clear, you know, I did my undergrad at uh, at Wharton. I haven't done an MBA, but there is a certain amount of overlap between what you do at Wharton with, uh, in terms of classes and extracurricular wise with the MBA students. So I think uh, in terms of what's changed, like I said, one is just the demographic of the students has changed. Uh, you know, that's one category. I think the second category is uh, the curriculum itself. And uh, the third category, I think, is just, you know, opportunities, post-graduation and, uh, you know, uh, jobs that people want. Yeah, well, talk to me about the undergrad experience in terms of like sharing some of the classes with MBAs or sharing some of the opportunities with MBA students. Obviously, like Wharton has this kind of storied uh, reputation among students interested in business. And is it an advantage to then have those opportunities to mix with people who are a couple of years older and perhaps a few more years experienced in the business world? 
Yeah, I think you know it's uh, the amount of overlap there is is uh, limited, but there is both. So specifically in terms of classes that you want to take with some senior professors or some of the high level classes, uh, there might be a mix of uh, you know MBAs and undergrads. Uh, second is you know they have a lot of uh, events in terms of inviting global leaders to come and speak uh, on campus, having uh, job fairs and all of that, and you know and those are kind of uh, events and situations where the undergrads and uh, MBA students sort of combine their efforts. It's also good because uh, to get to speak to these MBA students because, like you said, you know they were probably in your shoes a few years ago. They yep. graduated from good schools. Uh, they worked in the field for a little while. They've come back to do an MBA. So it's always just good to get a mentor, speak to them, uh, you know, and then sort of understand from their experience as well. So it's uh, it, it definitely gives you that opportunity. It's one of the few schools that does that. Uh, a lot of the top MBA schools, you know, let's say a Harvard or a Stanford GSB, those are only focused on MBAs, and they don't have undergraduate students. Uh, whereas uh, Wharton does have a mix of both undergraduate and graduate students. So I think uh, you know both from getting to know the MBA students and also some of the faculty and curriculum is definitely very helpful. Wharton, I think, is one of those places as well that most people would say is an MBA place. Like when you talk to a student here in Australia or wherever else around the world, they're like, yeah, I mean, that's where I want to do my MBA. But why did you choose it for your undergrad as, you know, your opportunity to go overseas? Good question. So, you know, I was very keen on studying business at the undergraduate level. And uh, I was very keen on uh, going to the U.S. So I was keen on undergraduate at the business level because I come from a you know business family. I was keen on going to the U.S. because I had heard a lot about the U.S. My cousin had studied there. So uh, keeping those two things in mind, I tried researching colleges. And funnily enough, there aren't a lot of, at least at that point of time, uh, and even now actually to a certain extent, there aren't a lot of options for uh, top uh, business programs at the undergraduate level. So if you, uh, like I said, most of, you know, a Harvard or a Stanford at the MBA level, you'll have, you know, Penn, NYU, you'll have a couple of uh, uh, public universities like Michigan, Texas, uh, UNC Chapel Hill, and those not. So I was just very keen on sort of uh, seeing, you know, what is the best option available for me. Uh, And, you know, I applied, I was lucky to sort of uh, graduate from there. And honestly, speaking now, I know the topic of discussion is would I go to uh, Wharton? I think for me, the bigger question is would I even get into Wharton, you know, at the undergraduate level? It's just so competitive now. It's got such a strong brand name and there's more and more people who uh, who want to do that. I think I was just very keen that I wanted to do it. I think it fit very well for me also because uh, Penn as a whole is a very good school, you know, in terms of curriculum, faculty, classmates, access, opportunities, Philly as a city, Philadelphia as a city is is just great. And that's one thing that's actually improved uh, more than Penn. The one thing that's improved more than Penn in the last 15 years is Philadelphia as a city. It's just become much, much more vibrant. It's become uh, a great college uh, city to be in. And one thing that Penn actually helps uh, students and, you know, a lot of the Australian students might be interested in is uh, they have this called, uh, this concept called the one university concept where even though you apply to a certain school, so let's say you apply to Wharton or you apply to the School of Engineering, you can still take classes in the other schools. So you can still take classes in the nursing school, in uh, you know the College of Arts and Sciences, in the communication school, or any of the many schools that they have. And I think that definitely helps. So, you know, I had friends of mine who were in the nursing program, so they encouraged me to take classes in nursing. I was very interested in American history, so I took classes in American history. So I think overall, you know, uh, that's a benefit that you get of uh, attending Penn is even though you're studying 
you know, you're focusing, concentrating on business at the undergraduate level, you can also take classes around it. The other thing, the big difference also between undergraduate studies and an MBA is that an MBA, you're sort of focused on just MBA. Uh, you can't take these classes outside of your curriculum. While at the undergraduate level, I'm still doing, you know, business, finance, marketing, and uh, accounting, but I can still take classes in, you know, nursing classes, artistry classes, or whatever I want. I've heard that Penn does have that really fantastic diversity of schools that you say, and you can go and do a bit of everything. I think a lot of students look at these, you know, the Ivy League universities, and they kind of equate them all to be roughly the same. But each university does have some pretty much outstanding feature, which is very different to everyone else. And I think that's probably the one at UPenn that seems to stand out. But in terms of the competitiveness, I think that's of particular interest to our listeners. And you mentioned as well as someone who is still, you know, interviewing students in the area. Um, It's obviously something that you're still a part of. In terms of not necessarily how competitive it's become, but what has made it to become so competitive? Like what are the qualities of the students that is making it competitive? What are you starting to see in terms of the trends of people who are applying to a university like Penn? Absolutely. So uh, just at the back, you know, obviously in terms of competition or exclusivity or however hard it's to get into, you know, this year and last year, it's just been very different because of the pandemic. But in general, obviously, like other good schools, uh, is a very competitive school. So there are a few things that have changed that I've noticed that have changed, right? One is, I think, in terms of uh, the kind of students who are attending or applying to Wharton specifically, uh, they're more focused on you know entrepreneurship and initiative and getting things done, starting things, uh, not fearing failure, but sort of embracing it. And less so much on being like, hey, I want to learn the traditional finance grade sets. I want to learn how to you know, make Excel uh, spreadsheets. I want to learn how to uh, make financial models. I want to learn you know, the traditional skill sets uh, that you'd need. I also think there's been uh, less emphasis on leadership. It still is an important part of your application. It's still an important part of uh, the demographics of uh, students who attend Penn. But I think uh, the main change has been, you know, that students are more keen on, you know, entrepreneurship, taking initiative, trying things out, starting things up, uh, being a part of a team as opposed to just being like, hey, I want to be a leader and I want to have followers. Then compared to people who... Uh, you know, earlier on, we're like, listen, I want to go into traditional investment banking or I want to go into traditional uh, uh, private equity. And those require skill sets that are slightly more different and uh, that are still available, but not as much in demand. I think the second thing is that, you know, critical thinking, you know, just being able to think through a problem or think through a situation has become very important. Uh, and uh, the focus initially was obviously on your analytical skills, on your quantitative skills uh, when you were at Penn, and your know, classes sort of reflected that as well. But what's changed now is, you know, being put in a situation, being given a problem, being given a circumstance and being able to sort of think yourself uh, uh, through it, you know, as part of a team. So I think critical thinking also, uh, you know, it's it's not something that's quite very easily measured quantitatively. But again, it's an important part that comes out, especially in applications, you know, through teacher recommendations, through essays. And what they encourage a lot more now in class is, you know, just literally, let's discuss, you know, let's let's see what your thinking capabilities are. And yeah, I think, you know, those two in terms of the students, I think on the non-student side, obviously the opportunities which you mentioned uh, uh, earlier, the, the jobs and the opportunities post-graduation have also changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a second. But one thing that came to mind whilst uh, you were chatting there is, who do you think shapes the university culture or shapes the university's reputation more? I thought you might have a good view as someone who 
has both been a student at the university and has been, you know, a, a part of the community and the alumni network for the last 15 years. Like, where is the trend towards that entrepreneur side of things coming from? Is that, as I said, like the university pushing that way or is it the students pushing that way? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually think it's a bit of both. And one is, I think, uh, uh, you know, students themselves are becoming more and more aware of the kind of opportunities that are available, you know, becoming more and more excited about starting things uh, and, you know, uh, being part of small companies. And I think that sort of reflects in the application that you're submitting to, you know, both Wharton and to other similar universities. I think on the administration side, because they have so much knowledge and so much awareness of what's going on, you know, especially at Penn and at Wharton, because of the MBA level, they're seeing uh, the change in jobs, the trending changing in jobs. Uh, they're also getting all of these applications from all over. And they're like, listen, you know, these students are not wanting to come to study traditional finance. They don't want to know how to value companies. They want to come here to become entrepreneurs. They want to come here to start companies. They want to come here because they want to meet other people like themselves. So I think it's a bit of both. I think Wharton themselves has been very conscious of that and has been very uh, slightly ahead of the curve as well. Because they've while they've kept the traditional subjects in place so let's say you know let's take an example of marketing you know they've they've kept marketing it's still a very important and a very uh, popular uh, concentration at Wharton they've actually changed the curriculum to more reflect you know digital marketing to reflect influencer marketing to reflect what is the sort of the trends today so I think someone who ends up going to a place like Wharton can get a good combination of your foundation level knowledge Plus, uh, you know, what is trending today, what's important today, uh, and what it is that you don't learn. So, yeah, just to answer your question, I think it's a bit of both uh, push and pull. Uh, it's a, some, some amount coming from the student side, and then a lot also the administration uh, being aware of what's changing. It's interesting to look at how students are going to Wharton for that community and finding like-minded people rather than necessarily for, like, the hard skills of starting a business. They're looking for possibly co-founders at Wharton rather than necessarily, you know, how to learn a financial model or whatever it might be. Do you think that's like a good enough reason to go to a Ivy League university and to invest that time and effort and money into an Ivy League degree to primarily, well, not necessarily primarily, but certainly with the intent of being a part of a community of like-minded people? Yeah, I think what's important to for students to understand who are applying to uh, universities, you know, in the US and otherwise uh, to another country as well is a lot of it is about fit. You know, you want you need to find the place where uh, you fit the best. Uh, that's the best fit for you as well. And whether that's an Ivy League school or whether that's a small liberal arts college or whether that's a public large public university, they're all very different. And but they all could be uh, you know a good fit for different students. So I think it's very important. You know, and uh, for people to sort of understand that that ranking is not the only thing. You know, Wharton is a very good school; it's in a good place, but it might not be the right fit for uh, for many students. You know, and that's where the whole admission process comes in in terms of just understanding what the fit is. Uh, yeah, I think in general, it's uh, people are becoming aware that you know, I, I sort of want to not. Uh, you know, I'm also learning in the classroom. I'm learning a lot of these concepts. You know, financial modeling is still important because you want to be able to understand how these things work. But uh, like you said, you know, I want to meet like-minded people. I want to see if these are people that I, instead of just spending four years of my life with, I can sort of have friendships with uh, for the rest of my life and also see if uh, I can find a co-founder or a business partner in that. 
but yeah, I think a lot of it is about uh, fit, both from, you know, do you fit with the university and is the university a good fit for you? That whole fit thing is a huge part of the conversation around the admissions time and making sure students are applying to the right universities. Uh, but in terms of your personal experiences and whether you would go to Penn again, now not 15 years ago, Penn, but today, Penn, would you go to Penn for the same reasons that you originally went there? So good question. You know, I and I think I I would go to Penn uh, again if I got in. Let's put that disclaimer because I don't think I would get in now. It's just so so competitive, obviously, but uh, not for all the same reasons that I did when I uh, when I went uh, initially. You know, I think when I went initially, I was looking for uh, skill sets that were more traditional. Like I said, you know, something like an accounting, you know, is not going to go away. But you don't need to go to Penn to learn accounting. You should be going to Penn to you know learn entrepreneurship. If if, if you think that can be taught, you want to be go to Penn to uh, learn critical thinking. You want to be developing you know uh, building these networks. So I think you know having hindsight of having been to Penn, been to Wharton, and then you know the last fifteen years uh, of my life, I think in general I would go there, but not for the all the same reasons. I think. Uh, if I did go back, there were a few things that I'd do differently. You know, I'd be more active in terms of extracurricular wise. I wouldn't, uh, obviously, you know, doing well in the classroom is important, but I would also spend more time just trying to explore other areas of the business world. I'd make more of an effort reaching out to both younger and older alumni even when I was in college. Uh, that's something that I haven't done. I've done more now since I've graduated, but not while uh, uh, while I was in college. But yeah, and uh, uh, I, I definitely would. And I think, you know, it's important to also realize that uh, one of the things all students are looking forward to post-graduation is, okay, where am I working? What am I doing? Hmm. And that sort of changed a lot, right? Traditionally, when I was at Penn, uh, most of my friends and most students in general at Wharton were looking at, you know, one of three uh, opportunities, either an investment bank like J.P. Morgan or a consultancy like uh, like McKinsey, or maybe something in the private equity world like a Clark Carlyle or a Blackstone. That sort of formed a lot of, uh, most of, uh, or a bulk of uh, the opportunities that were available and that were being taken. I think now most of the people who want to go and apply are applying to places like Amazon, Google, the larger tech companies, even this much smaller tech companies that may have been founded by uh, alumni five, six, seven, eight years ago, but have become a certain skill now where they can come and actually hire from uh, from Penn Wharton. So those opportunities have also changed uh, and people don't want to be traditionally, you know, uh, I don't know of anyone right now who is at who I know at Wharton who wants to do what I did 15 years ago, who wants to go to JP Morgan and do investment banking. They want to start something. They want to work in a small startup. They want to, they may not even want to be in the US. They want to be in, in Europe, in Asia, in other parts of the world. So I think that's changing as well. And I think that's something that Penn has been very, very conscious of and very, very good at is making sure that uh, the students are getting uh, enough opportunity and enough options in terms of exploring these different uh, uh, jobs and uh, skill sets uh, post-graduation. Yeah, actually, it reminds me of another question that I asked. Uh, I think it was when I had a chat with Evelyn about university research. And I asked her about how valuable the opinion of an alumni is for a student who's doing research on which university is best. And it's just amazing to hear like your example there that 15 years ago, people would have very different goals to what they have generally now, if you were to ask people graduating from Wharton. At what point would you say, an alumni's experience becomes less of a important factor in a student's choice. Yeah, I think it, it just atrophies with age, right? So the longer it, uh, the longer you're out, the less important it could be. But I think you know, uh, having said that, 
alumni also have perspective that is lifelong, you know. So I can still, you know, if, if I know of anyone who's applying this year, I can still recommend them speaking to an alum who graduated 20, 25 years ago because certain things sort of don't change and you learn, you learn a lot from age. So even from my experience, you know, if someone comes and asks for my advice, you know, I lay it down to them in terms of, you know, of what I did and give them my background. And uh, I clearly tell them to listen, you know, what's happening now is something that I'm not a part of, but I can tell you that these things haven't changed. So just, you know, things like the alumni network, it's uh, that's only become bigger and better. That hasn't sort of changed in that sense. So, you know, things like that, even if you're an alumni 15 years out, you probably have a better perspective than an alumni who's five years out because someone who's older has probably used the alumni network, been part of the alumni network longer than someone who's younger. And really, I think if, you know, things are changing so fast, it, it does atrophy with age. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any final tips for, for students who are looking to go to some of the leading business schools in the world, including uh, Wharton? You know, I, I would just say a couple of things, right? One is uh, don't underestimate yourself. I think a lot of people are like, okay, hey, you know, these are the best schools and do I really have the skill sets? Uh, just be honest during the application process, present yourself uh, overall as a, you know, as a student who's keen on going there. And I think second is uh, specific from a business perspective, uh, just be very sure that this is what you want to do because you will be spending four years of your life uh, uh, at the undergraduate level studying business concept. So uh, be sure that that is something uh, uh, that's very important. And yeah, I think just put your uh, best foot forward. And uh, if you, uh, you know, if, if you have leadership quality, if you have entrepreneurship uh, skills, just make sure that those sort of are highlighted in your application. Absolutely. Well, Rohan, it's been fantastic to chat. And I think we answered the question of, would I attend Wharton again? The answer is from your side. If I got admitted, I would. Yes, if you got admitted. Well, it is a tough gig. I know some students that we've had uh, go through the application process this year have certainly gained admission to Penn, and we'll be doing a new series starting soon featuring some recently admitted students from the world's top universities. But it's been awesome chatting today, and I think it's such a good thing to have that long-term perspective, right, that it's not just about getting admission and getting a degree. It's about joining a, a lifetime or a lifelong uh, network of high achievers from all around the world. And it's fantastic you're leading the charge there in Delhi. I'm sure they're very delighted to have someone of your esteemed uh, you know, reputation there. So that's fantastic. But yeah, I look forward to uh, publishing the episode and sharing it with everyone who's interested in business and getting into top universities in the US or the UK. Thanks, Alex. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Top of the Class. Subscribe for future episodes. For show notes and to plan your best future, head to crimsoneducation.org.